This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security for March 27, 2020. A tip about medical information on your Apple devices, a trend in scams around coronavirus, a raft of Apple updates arrive, plus an upcoming change to macOS prompts alerts. Firefox contains Facebook, an Intel CPU bug reappears, and advice on VPNs. Now here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. Good morning, Josh. How are you? Are you safe? Yes, I am. Uh, how about you, Kirk? Everything going okay there? I'm, I'm doing okay. We're officially in lockdown um, since a couple of days ago, and things are getting, things are kind of weird. But, uh, you know, as we talked about last week, we both work at home, and I've been doing it for 25 years, so it's not really changing too much for me yet. We've got food. The supermarkets aren't crowded. In fact, my partner was just out at a local supermarket waiting online, two meters behind, each person separated with marks on the sidewalk, and one person goes in the store and one person comes out. Everything's changed, but not that much has changed, if that makes sense, because we're not really that affected yet. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I I heard that uh, there were some challenges with with that in some of the places uh, where they've never done anything like this before. And uh, they ended up starting out by having these lines where people were standing right next to each other. And well, that kind of defeats the whole purpose, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, these things are being figured out and and uh, we're (laughs) learning while doing. Yeah, this is all new to us. Well, last week, we basically covered the coronavirus COVID-19 issue in detail. And I think in the coming weeks, we'll mention some things related to this as necessary, but we're going to get back to our normal, our normally scheduled programming. We do want to start, though, with a slightly related article that I've written for the Intego Mac Security blog, how to set up medical ID on your iPhone or Apple Watch. And this is a really good feature. If you use the health app uh, on your Apple Watch, You can enter a lot of data about yourself. Some of that is medical ID data that can show up when someone looks at your iPhone. Now, I hate to say it's not obvious to find it. So if someone picks up your iPhone and they can't unlock it, uh, they swipe up. Hold on. I'm doing it in real time here. I'm, I'm hiding the camera on my phone so it doesn't unlock with Face ID. At the bottom left, you get a button that says emergency. And if you press that... Then you get a screen that allows you to make an emergency call. And at the bottom left, you can see medical ID. And you can put information in there. You can put your, it puts your name and your address, your date of birth and phone number. You can also edit this to include your next of kin, uh, any medical conditions you have, any medications you're taking, and any other notes that you need to put in it. Uh, It's really practical to do this, and not just in the current situation, but in any situation. Let's say you have a car accident and you're unconscious. Um, first responders, they can find out immediately, let's say, if you're allergic to something. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do have this set up and I, I recommend that everybody set this up on their iPhone as well. Um, it's a great feature. I'm glad that Apple includes something like this. Um, you know, you don't have to wear a dog tag anymore. As long as uh, you've got something like this set up, um, you know, if you've got any special medical conditions or allergies or things that a paramedic may need to know, um, it's right there on your phone as long as you've set this up. 
I would think that first responders are going to know how to access this on an iPhone. Um, yes. Now, you can also get this information on your Apple Watch. A little bit more confusing. You press and hold the side button, then you swipe on medical ID, and you see the same kind of information. Again, I'm guessing this is available on Android. I didn't look it up, but it's really useful to have this. As you say, some people would have dog tags or a bracelet. I guess if you have a serious condition, it wouldn't hurt to have something else as well as a, a non-battery-powered backup. But this is good because you can put a lot of information in it. Absolutely. Here's another tip. If you ever find an iPhone someplace and you want to find out who owns the iPhone, if you invoke Siri and say, who does this phone belong to, it will show you the name and address and potentially another phone number of the owner. So if you've got a landline plus the mobile number on your iPhone, it could show you that other number. Now, of course, that requires you to have the functionality of being able to use Siri while it's on the lock screen without having uh, unlocked it, right? Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Most people do have that on. I think it's only really security conscious people who might turn it off. Yeah. And, and I actually do have that feature on. I don't have the, the Hey activation, but, uh, but I do. It, it is one of those trade-offs that I've decided that I'm okay with. If I hold down the button, then I do want it to, uh, to work, even if I haven't yet unlocked my phone. Yeah, I do that too. And what, what's good about this is I'm in a Facebook group for my town and every once in a while someone finds an iPhone and they say, they show a picture here, I found this iPhone, how can I find who owns it? And there's always someone who knows this tip to be able to find who owns an iPhone. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. Okay, one more coronavirus issue. And, you know, whenever there's something going on, there are always scammers, aren't there? Yes. Um, I, I put up a blog post about this on the Mac Security blog this week. And essentially, what's, what we've been seeing as a trend is that there are a lot of scams related to coronavirus. Um, cyber criminals really like to exploit people's fear, right, to try to, to trick them into installing malware or, you know, clicking on a link in an email or things like that. And uh, there have been some scams related to malware. So far, not Mac-specific malware, but um, it may only be a matter of time because the malware that we have observed, some of it has been Word, Excel, and PowerPoint documents, um, which in some cases contain macro viruses. Um, in other cases, they uh, contain uh, embedded documents that can infect the computer. Um, now, all the samples we've seen so far have been specifically designed to infect Windows PCs, um, but uh, it would not be very difficult for somebody um, you know, who's distributing these kind of malicious attachments and, uh, and links and emails to develop a version of this that could also infect the Mac as well. So it is something to be aware of and watch out for. Um, also, there have been a lot of just general scams unrelated to malware. Um, earlier in March, uh, there was a site that went up called Corona Antivirus, World's Best Protection. And believe it or not, they're actually trying to convince people that if you install some app on your phone, it will somehow protect you, a human, from the coronavirus. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand how any scammer could think that this, anybody would actually fall for that. 
But, you know, criminals will try anything if they think they can get a few people to fall for something, if they think they can make a little money off of you, uh, off of some gullible people, then often they'll they'll go for things like this. It doesn't uh, cost much for them to do this. So they're just repurposing malware that they've been using to scam people for other reasons. Right. Um, A slightly more believable scam, although still a bit far-fetched is uh, there was a site that went up recently that claimed to be offering World Health Organization vaccine kits for COVID-19, and they were accepting orders. And uh, the Department of Justice in the United States um, put put a stop to that website. uh, And they sent out an alert saying that, hey, if you see anything like this, please report it to us so we can help take down the site. And so the contact information for that is all uh, in my article as well. So these are just a couple of examples, by the way. This is not by any means a comprehensive list. And there have been other scams and there will be more scams because people like to take advantage of situations like this. So here in the UK, there have been a number of text messages that have been sent out saying that HMRC, uh, which is the equivalent of the IRS, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, has issued a payment of certain amount of money as a goodwill payment, and you tap a link to go there. And obviously, this is fake. Now, interestingly, um, the UK government just for the first time sent out mass text messages in the past couple of days telling people to stay home. And they had never done this before. So now that people have actually gotten a text message from the government, it is in their mind that it is possible to get text messages from the government. <laughs> yeah. And what could possibly go wrong there, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, a lot of companies uh, and government agencies included um, may send texts from different uh, numbers from time to time. Yep. And it may, you know, like, for example, I've noticed that um, some of the two factor texts that I've gotten from, uh, you know, organizations that unfortunately still only use SMS as their second factor, sometimes they come from from different numbers. And so um, if I weren't the one who had just barely submitted a, you know, tried to log in and submitted a request to get my second factor, then I mean, that that could be a little scary, right? I mean, how do I know that this is really coming from you know, whatever organization it's claims to be coming from. Um, the two factor, maybe that's a little bit more difficult for somebody to, uh, to do something malicious there. If you're at that particular time logging into a site, but it's still, it's still a bit scary to think that, uh, somebody could spoof the from phone number and make it look like it's coming from a company that you interact with because SMS is really not secure as we've said many times. As we've said over and over and over again. Yep. We had updates this week, didn't we? We had all the updates, uh, Mac OS, iOS, iPad OS, Watch OS, HomePod OS, TV OS. Am I missing anything? Refrigerator OS, microwave OS. They didn't get updated this week. <laughs> you know, when you think about it, it, whenever an Apple update cycle drops, it's like, good thing I have bandwidth because all the devices that I need to update, it really takes a long time. Yeah. If you do have many Apple devices, if some of them are similar enough, 
um, and you have content caching on some Mac uh, on your network, uh, it may save you from having to download everything multiple times. But uh, still, most of those updates are going to have to be downloaded once for each uh, device that you've got. But yes, uh, so iOS uh, 13.4 is a fairly big update. Also, iPad OS 13.4. And uh, of course, there's a number of, of security vulnerabilities that have been patched. There's some Bluetooth issues. There's some Apple Mail issues. There's messages issues. And uh, so this is definitely, all, in addition to it being a fairly substantial update anyway, um, there's a lot of good security content in there as well. So make sure that you do install those uh, quickly. And there's a new feature in Safari. Yeah, that's right. Um, there, so, so one of the changes is that Safari is now blocking third-party cookies by default, and it will also delete a site's local storage after seven days. So first, let's talk about the third-party cookies. Um, probably a lot of people have heard of cookies. They know that a cookie is essentially a text file that lives on your computer that stores information about websites that you visited. Uh, it may be your preferences. It may contain login information. The fact that you have authenticated and are logged in as this particular user. Sometimes those things are stored in cookies, hopefully uh, secure <laughs> cookies uh, that will only work on an HTTPS site. Um, but there's also third-party cookies, and those tend to be related to things like ads and tracking sites and things like that. And so Safari is now blocking third-party cookies by default, which is great. Uh, many browsers have had the capability to allow you to block third-party cookies, by de- uh, you, but they haven't done that by default. Usually you have to go in and change some settings. Now Safari is doing that by default, so that's good. Um, Now, of course, cookies are not the only way that you can be tracked. Um, There are actually a lot of different ways that uh, that tracking companies can track you across websites besides cookies. Um, And one way that they might be able to track you is through a website's local storage. And so that's another thing that Apple has changed in the latest version of Safari is that now a site's local storage will automatically reset after seven days. And most people won't notice this, but there are some web apps that store resources locally. And this is kind of different from the cache file um, that we're used to in a browser. Uh, So what this could mean is that when you reload certain websites that are actually web apps, you may have to re-download some more data. You'll only notice this if you have a really slow connection. I mean, I'm thinking, what's a web app? Something like Slack or Evernote, things like that, that are more than just a website. But they can't be using gigabytes of data, right? No, generally not. Um, yeah, and also things like uh, I'm sure that Gmail probably um, and Google Docs, uh, things like that, probably also use this type of functionality where they're they're storing some local data that's separate from just the regular cache where they're, they're caching images and things like that that may be loaded frequently, but they're actually storing um, essentially a web app on your computer temporarily. So yes, these things will get flushed out and have to be redownloaded from time to time. But it's all going to happen seamlessly in the background and shouldn't be something that anyone should notice unless, as you say, it's on a, they're on a slow network connection. Right. So in Safari currently, if you go to preferences, privacy, then manage website data, you'll see a list of websites that have stored data and you'll see the type of data they've stored. Uh, so this includes cookies and caches and databases and local storage. And you can remove data for any specific site. 
On iOS, though, you can get more information. If you go to Settings, Safari, Advanced Website Data, you'll see the amount of local storage that's used by site with the amount of space that's being used. So on my uh, iPhone, my bank is using 52 megabytes. Google is using 34. Amazon is using 33, et cetera. So uh, none of these have a lot of data being stored. So I don't think anyone will notice it. And I'm always in favor of cleaning out stuff in a browser. I'll link back to an article I wrote a few years ago on the Intego Max Security blog where I talk about um, how it's useful to just delete all your cookies every now and then. You'll have to re-log into a number of websites. You'll have to reset some of your preferences on websites, but it cleans out a bunch of old cruft. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this week's updates. If you or someone you know has got a new MacBook or iMac or switched to the Mac from Windows, be sure to check out Intego's new Mac User Center. It's a one-stop collection of the things you'll need to know about using your Mac. Intego's new Mac User Center covers plenty of the basics to get you running smoothly and smartly in no time. Of course, one of the first steps you'll want to take is to install Mac security software from Intego to keep yourself protected. And right now, Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get 40% savings on Intego software, including Mac Premium Bundle X9. Mac Premium Bundle X9 is a suite of terrific Intego software that includes the antivirus, anti-phishing, and anti-spyware protection of Intego Virus Barrier, home and hotspot firewall security from Intego Net Barrier, parental controls for peace of mind from Intego Content Barrier, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today. And then use the promo code PODCAST19 at checkout to save 40%. That's PODCAST19 to save 40% on complete Mac protection and security with Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9. Intego, devoted to protecting Apple products since 1997. Visit Intego.com today. Okay, before the break, we were talking about this week's update, and we didn't talk about some interesting and potentially quite important changes in macOS Catalina. That's right. Yeah, macOS Catalina 10.15.4 is the latest version. And uh, as of this version, which again dropped this week, you will now be more likely to get a bunch of messages about legacy system extensions that sound uh, a little bit scary and might make you wonder um, about uh, what's going on here. So the, they'll look something like this. They'll say, legacy system extension, existing software on your system loaded a system extension signed by, and then the name of the developer, which will be incompatible with a future version of macOS. Contact the developer for support. And you can click learn more and it'll take you to an Apple um, article, or you can click OK. So what a lot of people are noticing is that software that they've got installed on their Mac, um, in some cases, you may have multiple applications that are using these so-called legacy system extensions, um, which are still fully compatible with macOS Catalina. And uh, Apple has said that um, these kernel extensions uh, are not going to be compatible with the next version of macOS, which, by the way, has not been named yet. <laughs> and uh, we haven't even had the Worldwide Developers Conference for this year when we'll be finding out uh, quite a bit more about that functionality and what developers should be doing to shift there. Now, 
last year, Apple kind of did give developers a bit of a heads up. Essentially, th- this affects every antivirus company, um, among many other uh, organizations that use these kernel extensions. It could be things related to um, uh, network uh, drivers and uh, and, and network-related re- uh, extensions. It, uh, as I mentioned, antivirus software is affected, but there are a lot of things that actually use these kernel extensions, um, and will have to be rewritten. So, I mean, software from companies like HP, uh, that makes all in one, uh, printers and things like that will also have to rewrite their software and, uh, and comply with these new changes that are coming in, whatever the next version of Mac OS will be. Um, so if you see this, and you see Intego's name, don't worry. This is something that will be taken care of before the new OS is available and everything will continue to work just fine. And you don't need to contact Intego because we are aware and our tech support people <laughs> are a bit overwhelmed uh, by Apple uh, you know, dropping this notification on everybody this week. So yes, it will be fixed. Uh, and uh, And this is not something that is in any way a negative for your use of Intego products on Catalina. So not to worry. It, it's, it's, it's fine. And if you see this from other developers, I would suggest wait at least a week, maybe check their, you know, their blog if they have one and see if they, or their Twitter account and see if they've said anything about this. Cause probably really most developers already know about this and you're just going to be inundating their tech support people. If you go and contact those companies. Okay, Intego's got a tech support document about this, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Okay, so we were talking about third-party cookies earlier and how Safari is going to block them by default. One company that uses third-party cookies is Facebook, and you may often be on a number of various websites, and Facebook may be tracking you without your knowledge. Well, Firefox has come out with a really interesting extension that lets you browse Facebook and totally just escape from all of that surveillance. Yeah, this is something that I think has been a long time coming. Um, the Firefox browser has recently released something that they call the Facebook container. So if you like Facebook, but you don't necessarily trust it all that much, you can still use Facebook um, without having it necessarily know everything about every website that you're going to. We recently talked uh, about how it's possible for uh, Facebook based on apps that you've got installed on, on your iOS device, um, as well as sites you visit, um, for Facebook to actually be collecting data about all these different um, companies that you've interacted with. And um, that's a little bit scary. Why does Facebook have all this information? If I didn't personally give this to Facebook, if I didn't go to somebody's Facebook page and like it and say, yeah, I like and use this company and I want to know more about it and I want Facebook to know it, then it's, it's a little unnerving to see that Facebook has that information about companies that you've interacted with. um, Even if you haven't specifically told Facebook. So this is one of the reasons for this feature. Essentially, it's to try to keep Facebook from knowing any more than they need to know about uh, companies and websites that you use. And it's not just Facebook. It's also Instagram and Facebook Messenger. Instagram, of course, is owned by Facebook. A lot of people may not know that. When we were talking about this before the show, I asked you, is this kind of like running a virtual machine where you would run an operating system in a virtual machine which means that it's self-contained. It doesn't get anything 
it can't get out. It can't interact with anything else. It's similar to that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is a very similar in concept. That's why they're calling this a container. So they're they're um <laughs> I hate to use the word quarantine, but uh yes. <laughs> but it, it's so it's sort of sticking the Facebook stuff in its own separate uh yeah. container that's oh, apart from everything else in your browser is the the general idea behind this. I wonder if Apple's going to do something like this. You know, it's it's funny. Apple really in all their talk about privacy and all this this sort of uh, reading between the lines in who they seem to be attacking with a lot of their messaging, it seems like Apple really mostly is uh, anti-Google. But, uh, but yeah, Facebook is definitely one of those companies that, like Google, um, has, a, has a track record of kind of not being very privacy-friendly. So I would like to see Apple do something like this with Safari. Uh, there's no reason why they couldn't. Um, you know, Firefox doesn't have a monopoly on being able to create Facebook containers, so uh, other browsers should be doing this as well. And in fact, hey, it would be a great sign of goodwill for Google to do this and say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Google cares about your privacy, too. Look, we're quarantining Facebook. That that would be really fun to see, I think. Okay. Um, We've got another hardware bug, another Intel CPU bug. And, you know, when we talk about these things, I really have trouble grasping exactly what they mean. And before the show, we were discussing this and trying to figure out how we can explain it. There's actually some interesting points that can come out of this. So this is called the Intel CSME bug. And I'll link to an article on ZDNet that says that this is worse than previously thought. (sighs) Yeah. So we've talked about Intel chipset vulnerabilities and things like that in the past. And so there was one uh, that was actually patched last year. And um, it turns out that there are some additional things that can be done with this vulnerability. Um, The CSME is the Intel Converged Security and Management Engine. That's what that stands for. And basically, it has to do with uh, your system's startup functionality, among other things. Uh, There's something called the UEFI that Macs use, uh, Unified Extensible Firmware Interface, if I remember correctly. And that has to do with uh, boot functions, among other things. And so this bug um, has to do with a lot of cryptographic uh, technologies related to Intel CPUs, Intel processors, which, of course, Macs use. Intel uh, processors are in in every Mac uh, since 2006. (laughs) So um, the good news is that this bug can only be exploited via physical access, meaning that somebody's got to get a hold of your Mac in order to do this. Um, there's no known way to exploit this remotely through a browser, through uh, you know a malicious link in an email or anything like that. So this is probably not something most people need to worry about, but it is yet another thing that uh, sort of makes one wonder, you know, what's really going on at Intel, because it seems like there's constantly new vulnerabilities being found in Intel hardware. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a, a well-known secret that uh, Apple likes to experiment with running macOS on different platforms. Um, as a matter of fact, they had been for years uh, behind closed doors uh, they had a version of Mac OS that ran on Intel processors long before 
Apple's transition to Intel. Um, and Apple uh, is widely believed to be working on something similar and being ready at, at, at uh, whatever time they might decide to do this to transition to the A-series processors like they have in the iPad and uh, an iPhone. So worth pointing out that Apple's T2 security chip, which is on certain Macs, recent Macs, and on iOS devices, this handles things like File Vault and Secure Boot and Touch ID and Face ID. So this isn't directly affected. What I found interesting in this article, it says the CSME is also the cryptographic basis for other Intel technologies like Intel Enhanced Privacy ID, Intel Identity Protection, any DRM, digital rights management technologies, etc. Um, DRM is what keeps you from copying movies, for example. We don't have it on uh, music that's sold anymore. We do have it on music that's streamed, but not music that's sold for download. And this is actually processor intensive. So when you're streaming or when you've purchased a movie from the iTunes store and you're playing it, all that video has to be processed and decrypted for you to be able to watch it. So the, the CPU, the chip, has to do a lot of work for that. So when it's talking about cryptographic, it doesn't necessarily mean your HTTPS certificates, your encrypted, um, your file vault encryption or things like that. There's a lot more going on on a computer with encryption than just those, what we consider security. Right, that's true. But I guess the bottom line for this is, yes, um, there are still some known vulnerabilities in Intel processors and chipsets. Um, in this particular case, probably not something you need to worry too much about. Again, somebody would have to have physical access. And when they've got physical access to your Mac, they can do a lot of other types of attacks as well. Lastly, here's an article. It's about two weeks old. Um, popular VPN and ad blocking apps are secretly harvesting user data. Now, this is on BuzzFeed News. And if you're familiar with BuzzFeed, which is like everything, BuzzFeed News has actually become quite serious in the last few years. This is explaining that a company called Sensor Tower that has owned at least 20 apps, they track data passing through people's phones. Uh, I think the reason we want to talk about this is not because it's new or surprising. So the main reason we want to talk about this is that we have sister companies that, that sell VPNs, and none of these companies do this. Right. Yeah, exactly. This is one of the reasons why we tell people it's very important that you use a trusted VPN. You don't want to use a free VPN because usually when something is free, that means you're the product, right? And that's certainly the case with uh, with VPNs. You know, a VPN service is not free by any means to run. There's, if you think about all the traffic that you're sending over the VPN, if you're any web page that you load, uh, any games that you play, um, if you're sending all this traffic over the VPN, it, you know, apps that you're uh, downloading updates to, that takes a ton of bandwidth. And so, the people running VPN networks have to keep the lights on. I mean, this is not free, right? So it's uh, if you're not having to pay for a VPN, you should be very concerned that something else is going on here. They have to be getting it monetized somehow, or they could not keep the lights on and keep the service running. With many of these free VPNs, they're actually doing things like tracking where you're going, and they may sell that information about you. And they may be using it to, for tracking and advertising purposes as well themselves. 
So, so basically, yeah, the, the main thing to know here is, uh, as we've said before, use a trusted VPN, uh, and also ad blocking apps, uh, were also among the types of apps that, uh, this company sensor tower owns. And so even your ad blocking, you kind of need to take a look at, uh, making sure that you're using an ad blocker that comes from a trusted, uh, entity uh, from a company that is well res- respected, that a lot of people recommend. So don't use just any old ad blocker that you come across in the app store. Okay, Josh, that's enough for this week. Until next week, stay safe. All right, stay safe and secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. Intego.com. <laughs>